0: of the 52 verses that every believer should know. OS Hawkins wrote the book and and we've been kind of working our way through those. And we're going to we're going to see this morning why why do we study? Why do we need to know what scripture says? We see the why today. Now, I have been over the course of this year, I have been teaching you some study habits. We first look we, we read the verses, then we look at context, we look at the, the overall context, and then a more immediate context. Then we look at the so what's, so what does it say about God, so what does it say about me, and so what do I need to do now that I know this about God and myself? And then we look at it phrase by phrase, and then we dive into the comfort and the challenge, which I believe is in every passage of scripture. And we're going to see why go through all that work today. Because, because today's, the verse, and you've already read it, but today's verse t- tells us why we need to know the truth. Why we need to know what we know. Do you know what you know? Because we need to know what we know. So we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now I, I know uh, some of the, if you have the, uh, the handout or the, the uh, uh, sermon notes, it says 3. I'll ha- I-, I had a discussion with my secretary on this, who, by the way, is me, and, 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 uh, and I'm going to dock his day. But anyway, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 11 and go through 15. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 11, says, this saying is trustworthy, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to fight about words. This is useless and leads to the ruin of those who listen. Be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. So you can see context is important today because if we just understood, if we just took, uh, without context, if we just took verse 15, we could get the idea that we we have to work, we have to, to do all this study in order to be approved by God. But the context tells us that's not the case. The context tells us that that it's about teachers of Scripture. It's teachers of, of, of the Bible that that he's specifically addressing. So the larger context is first and second Timothy are two letters that Paul writes to a young pastor. We know he's young because Paul specifically tells him not to let his youth get in the way of getting scripture out there. Or not not to let his youth get in the way of teaching what God's put on his heart. So we know he's a young pastor and it's it's probably a fairly new church because of the timing. And so the context is one of these two letters that Paul writes to Timothy, this young pastor. Now the immediate context, he's talking about those who teach scripture. He's talking about those that, that are teachers. So you think in terms of Sunday school teachers, Bible study leaders, those folks are clearly held to a higher standard than everybody else because they're teaching. So The immediate context is about those, but I think every one of us is a teacher of Scripture in some way. Every one of us. You know, I've, I've said many times, your life may be the only Bible somebody reads. What you do, how you react, how you treat a waitress or a waiter, how you treat a store clerk, how you treat other people in your everyday life, the places you shop and go to school and work, how you treat people may be the only Bible some people will ever read. So you are a teacher of scripture. So you need to know the truth. So that's our context. So what does it say about God? It says, and we really can't miss the point, miss this point, God wants us to know him. He desires that we know him. He gave us Scripture so that we could know Him. You know, we would not know God had He not given us Scripture to introduce Himself. There's no reason for Him to come to us except His love. So it tells us, and we can't miss the point, that God wants us to know Him. It also tells us about God here that there is truth now our culture, our society wants to say there isn't. They want to say that your truth is as good as my truth and, and we just want to make it all relative. But, but this says that there is truth and that God decides it. God decides truth. So And there is absolute truth. And he wants us to know this truth. God wants us to know this truth. You know, the original readers of this letter, this original church, would have been faced with a culture that had a lot of different gods and a lot of different ways to approach that god, all these different gods. We have not only that, but we have the idea that came in and about the Enlightenment period that, that there is no god at all, that you and I are the pinnacle of evolution, that we we started with primordial slime and and somehow got to apes that stand up in us. So that makes us the top. It really doesn't get better than this. <laughs> that's that's what they're say what they say. So we have not only a whole bunch of of gods and a whole bunch of ways to to approach those gods in our culture, but we have the idea that there is no god and therefore no reason to approach. So God wants us to know the truth. He wants us to know the truth. And so he gave us this. He gave us the truth. Now the context here tells us that Christ is faithful even when we are not. I don't know about you, but I think that's good news. I think it's incredible news. Because we are not particularly faithful beings, are we? How many of you have ever... You don't even have to raise your hands, okay? Don't raise your hands. But how many of you... How many of you have started a Bible study and didn't finish it? Started an exercise program and didn't finish it? Started however many things and our interest in it wanes and we don't finish. We are not faithful beings. But Christ is always faithful. Christ remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. It tells us right here. And it also talks about two other things here that I think are important. First is that we have life in him. Uh, verse 11 says if we died with him, then we, have, then we live with him. Now the idea of dying is dying to ourselves. It's, it's what Paul writes in Galatians 2.20 and, and 2 Corinthians 5.17 and so many other places, some of which we've already studied. You are, we talked about dragging around the dead body of who you used to be. If we, if we consider ourselves dead to ourselves, then we have life in Christ. We have new life in Christ. It also says that if we endure, we'll reign with him, and it says that if we deny him, he will deny us. Now, Jesus said that himself in Matthew 10. He said, if we acknowledge Christ before men, he will acknowledge us before the Father. But if we deny him before men, he will deny us before the Father. So we must stay with Christ. We must hang on to Christ. Now what does it say about us? Well, it says that we have the opportunity to know God. We can know God we, as we are, can know the maker and sustainer of everything. Isn't that kind of incredible? Through Christ, we can know God. We have that opportunity. We can know the truth. We can know the truth. He's given it to us. You know, in our culture, it used to be, and in many cultures, it used to be that you could trust a man's word. You could trust a promise. But what do we say today? Put it in writing, right? Put it in writing. God did. He put it in writing. We can know the truth, and it's right here. And it also says that we can always come back to Christ because He is always faithful. We can't always come back to him. He's always waiting for us to return in, re- in, in repentance. Always. He's always waiting for us to come back. So we can always come back to Christ because he remains faithful. So what do we need to do now that we know this about God and ourselves? We need to know the truth. We need to study the truth so we are equipped to live this life. You cannot live the truth if you don't know the truth. You cannot live as a believer if you don't know what a believer, what the truth of a believer is. You must know the truth. And so we need to know the truth. We need to be diligent about it. Now, now again, in the context, it's about those who preach and teach the word. But I will say again, every one of us is a teacher of the word because some, some coworker is watching how you live. Some, somebody in a store is watching how you react. Hey, they go to that church, and I know, I know that I've seen them go to that church. And so how do, they, how do they react when they get poor service at a restaurant or when they get poor service at, a, at Walmart or, or whatever? Your life is teaching truth. It's teaching truth. It's teaching the truth about what you actually believe. There may be some space between what you say you believe and what you actually believe, and it will show in the truth you live. It will show in the way you live, in how you react. So we need to be diligent about about getting into the Word. Now, it used to be that this was pretty much the only way, right? And so I I used to kind of make the joke, this is your Bible, and it opens like this. But now... You have to kind of say, this is your Bible, and it opens like this. (laughs) Because we have it on our... Think about how many different Bibles you have. You have it on your phone, you have it on your tablet, you have it on your computer, you have written copies, you have... How many different Bibles do you have? How many do you actually open every day? I mean, every day. How many do you actually open? Because does it matter how many you have, if none of them get opened... (laughs) It only matters if you open it because as soon as you open this, it begins to open you and you become somebody you were not before you read it. Every time we open this, we encounter God. It's an encounter with the God of heaven. It's the encounter with the creator and sustainer of everything. It's, it's the encounter, it, an encounter with the God that loves you so much. He sent his son here to die. We need to open it. We need to know what it says. What this says about us is that you are the target, focus, and purpose of the Word of God. He wanted you to know Him, and so He sent His Word. You and I can know God because He has decided to introduce Himself. You and I are the target, focus, and purpose of the Word of God. We can know him because we can open this. And I will say again and again and again, from this, as I have from this platform, the Bible was not intended to, to give you information. It was intended to give you transformation. It was intended to transform you into somebody you were not. Somebody who was different than, their, than before they encountered God in the Word. It's meant to transform you. And the only way it can transform you is if you open it and read it. So let's look at this phrase by phrase. Be diligent to present yourself to God. The, the word diligent is, is kind of earnest or, or motivated and doing your absolute best work. So we need to be motivated to open the word of God. We need, a, we need to desire to know the truth so that we open it and find it out. We need a a diligence, a motivation to work hard and open the Word of God. And then it says, present yourself. Literally, come before God. Come before God every day in His Word. I'll, I'll, I'll say again, every time you open the Word, you are having an encounter with God Himself. And so open it up and let it open you. Open it and be be somebody you would never have been before. Open it. You are the target, focus, and purpose of the Word of God. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to know the truth. And so He sent the truth. And we have it. And these are these, by the way, diligent and presenting yourself, these were imperatives in the original language. these are commands. These are not, you know, if you get a chance, these are commands. Be diligent about opening the Word of God and come before God in His Word. Do it as a priority in your day. As one approved. And I'll tell you again, the context here tells us that it's not about earning your way to being approved by God. That's not what the context tells us. What this approved is battle-tested. That's the idea of of approved, battle-tested. If you are living the truth, then your life is proof of the truth. You are battle-tested. You are ready to go. The battle is ongoing. Are you ready for it? (laughs) Because it's not, you you, you can't say, well, I'm I'm just not going to go into battle. That's not the option. The option is either to go into battle with the truth or go into the battle unarmed. That's it. So go armed. Know the truth. A worker who doesn't need to be ashamed. Aren't every one of us workers for Christ? Every single one of us? Aren't we the hands and feet of Christ? Isn't the church the body of Christ? Every one of us is a worker for, for Christ, do you, uh, you want to know what Jesus would do in this situation? you want to know what Jesus would say to this person? Do you want to know how Jesus would handle this situation? It's right there. Read it and find out. If you don't know, it's because you are not opening this. It's really that simple. Correctly teaching the word of truth. This is where I, I, I say this, this fits every single believer. Every single one of us are, are teaching the word of truth. The truth of what we believe. Every one of us are actually teaching what we actually believe. And if there's space between what we say we believe and what, and, and what we actually believe, it will show in how we live. If we are not living what we say we believe, open this. Let it open you. Be transformed. Become who you are intended to be. You know, this is something that that my wife knows. This really, it just irks me. You know what that word means, right? Irks? You with me? It just irks me. Have you ever been driving along in traffic and somebody goes whizzing by you weaving in and out of traffic, going 15 miles an hour over the speed limit, and what do you see in the back window? You see a Christian bumper sticker, or you see some logo from some church someplace. Doesn't that drive you nuts? It does me. Because what's that, what, what is that teaching? They are teaching something. What is it teaching? It's teaching that what, what man says doesn't matter and what God says doesn't matter. We need to be living the truth we say we believe. And the only way to do that is to know the truth. The only way to do that is to know what God has to say. We can only live the truth if we know the truth. We have to know what we know. So what's the comfort and the challenge of this passage? The comfort of this passage, uh, I think there's lots. God wants us to know him. He desires that we connect with him. We can know the truth. He has given us the truth. We can know it. It isn't, It isn't. A, life is not a search for truth. Life is about adapting yourself to the truth. Life is about, about forming your life around the truth. It's not about seeking the truth. The truth is, it's right there. All we have to do is, is adapt our lives to what this says. And we have the truth. It says that, that we have new life in Christ. That, that he remains faithful even when we're not faithful. I think there's a lot of, of comfort in these passages. But I think there's a pretty good challenge here too. If we need to live like we say we believe. We need to be different because... We know Christ. We need to stand out in our society, in our culture, because we're different, because we live the truth. The truth of who God is, the truth of who Christ is, the truth of who we are. You and I, we are the target, focus, and purpose of the word of God. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know the truth. Will you open it? And know the truth. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment. Consider for a moment. Do you know the truth? Do you know the word of God that became flesh and dwelt among us? Do you know Christ? Because you can, this morning, you can take a simple step, a simple prayer that first acknowledges that you have sin in your life. God, I know that I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've done things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust Jesus died on the cross to pay my price. And so I'm going to ask that you forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to come into my life. Give me this life that I read about in these verses. Give me this new life. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Remember, if we proclaim him before man, he will proclaim us before the Father. So let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know that you took a step of faith toward Christ today. Do you know Christ, but you have spent no time knowing the truth? Will you you right now make a commitment between you and God to open his word and let it open you and be transformed? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you, Father, that we can know you and that we can know the truth. Forgive us. Father, when we have been faithless, forgive us when we find too many other things to do. Remind us to open your word and know the truth. We thank you and we ask you in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 10.30 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.